We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. It is now week 13. We are flying along the season. I am Scott Jensen, as always, joined by Andrew Laird. Andrew, uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. The, the week 13 like is totally throwing me off. Like I, I covered a lot of soccer as well in the Premier Leagues in week 11, and usually they're like somewhat even. And I'm like, oh, it's only 11. And then I went to football, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, 13 already? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming along quick. It's. I felt like the first couple were like we're so jonesing for some sports and football, and now it's uh, flying along pretty well. Season long leagues are about to hit their playoffs. We're hitting the uh, hitting the final stretch here in DFS, but uh, should be fun. It's uh, an interesting slate. Like last week, we talked about how everybody every game was like high or low on the totals, and there was very little in the middle. And we have the complete opposite this week. We have a whole batch that are between forty five and fifty. And we got a couple of games that are a little bit higher, but nothing that's huge. And, you know, one that Browns Titans is 53 and a half. That's pretty big. But and you got one really low game, but everything's kind of in that middle. It's going to be a week where you have to, you know, figure out which of those middling games are going to go uh, go a little crazy. How would you feel if I told you, like, before the season that one of the weeks we'd be doing a podcast and Browns Titans was the highest total? And the second highest was Jaguars Vikings. Yeah, I'd be like you are crazy. You're crazy because the Falcons and Saints play that week, Andrew, and that's obviously the highest total game. But it is it is not. Yeah, it's uh, 
We've come uh, – every season is uh, – you know, gets a little weird by this point. And, you know, nothing that matters in week one matters in week 13 anymore, really. I mean, you know, Alvin Kamara is pretty much a guy who gets five or six carries and then chills on the sidelines. So it's uh, – it's, yeah, exactly right. So it's been uh, it's been something, but uh, we do we have two teams on bye this week, believe it or not. We've got Carolina and Tampa Bay with a weird late uh, week thirteen bye, which uh, if you do play the season long league, this is playoff week one. That's uh, that's not ideal right there. Uh, we've got four game four other games that are off the slate due to some COVID uh, some COVID uh, postponements. We obviously had the the Wednesday game with the uh, with the Steelers Ravens that pushed their their games back. Uh, that game was terrible, by the way. That was awful football. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, right. Like you delay the game four times. You play it on Wednesday afternoon. It, 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 it just like added to no fans too. Like at least like it's on Sunday or at night. You kind of feel like it's normal. That game felt like a that game felt like a practice like scrimmage you see in Hard Knocks or something like that. It was so weird and like coaches didn't seem into it. Players didn't seem into it. It was just a weird, strange. It was weird to have that on TV in the middle of the week. But like the players seemed like they just want to get past that and move on to the next week. It was it was a strange game. It's uh, I mean, <clears throat> when was the last time they would have played a Wednesday game like at any level? Uh, bed, bed Roethlisberger in the Mac, maybe. Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't think they had Baction then either. So it's uh, it's probably been a long time. Yeah. It. Uh. I mean, it was the whole event just felt like a let's just get this over with so we can move on. And um, on the positive side, I think there was a an, an expectation that we'd see a lot more positive Steelers cases just because once a few pop up, they tend to get a little higher. But we haven't seen it yet. So uh, yeah. No doubt. So we have we have the Steelers uh, playing Monday night against the Washington football team. That's off our slate this week. Uh, Bills and my Niners playing the real Monday night game on uh, on Monday. That's off the slate. Cowboys the real Ravens. Monday night game. Well, you know the original Monday night game, but yeah, the real Monday night game. Um, the one that's actually at night. Um, Cowboys Ravens are playing Tuesday because obviously the Ravens had Wednesday, so they got pushed back. That would have been kind of an interesting DFS game. And then Broncos Chiefs. Um, so we lose. Uh, you know, we lose Mahomes on this slate. They're playing Sunday night football. So. Let's jump into this one, though. I mentioned you mentioned uh, Browns Titans. Uh, fifty three and a half is our highest total of the week. That's uh, that's uh, Jaguars Vikings is fifty one. Colts Texans is fifty and a half. Um, so those are the three games that are over fifty. And then we've got two games under forty five. We have Lions Bears at forty four and a half. Uh, you know, a little Bears defense and Bears offense uh, both contribute to that. <laughs> then we've got the uh, the forty two and a half this week. I don't remember we've had that in a while. Uh, Bengals at Dolphins, which is uh, probably going to be not a very good football game. What do you think that total would have been with Burrow? 48 yeah like at least almost a touchdown right yeah, yeah. i think about it i think about a touchdown maybe, yeah so maybe 49 right in there right about six points i think that uh uh brandon allen did not look good i think the Bengals had 155 yards of total offense last week like it was it was great and that was against the giants like yeah. it was it was gross uh the dolphins uh dolphins have not been favored by double digits since 2006 before this week so we've got uh we got 15 years since they've been favored by double digits so it's uh this is a this is a definitely a strange one right there yeah i love jet games in there too a lot of yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just for um, the record, you took the shot at the Jets, not me. Yeah, no, no, no. it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, they're truths. They're not even shots. Um, are you playing this assuming Tua plays? I don't think Tua will play. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it'll be Fitzpatrick, but uh, yeah, I as I as I broke down the game, like there were very few guys in that game I was interested in at right. all, but. <laughs> I did it with the mindset of I thought Fitzpatrick's play, which does affect what you want to do with the, those receivers because I'm not playing anybody with Tua right now. And with Fitz, I think someone like Devontae Parker, as we get to receivers, gets gets uh, gets, gets pretty playable. But the line probably doesn't move regardless, right, with two, the Tua to Fitzpatrick? I don't think so. I think they're implied. Maybe maybe a point or two, but like maybe even a point. Like I don't think very much. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so let's jump into it. Uh, running backs this week, we've got a very clear top two. And they're an interesting top two. Uh, we got Dalvin Cook at home against Jacksonville, which obviously you see that and you're like, all right, ready to go. Uh, you got uh, Derrick Henry up 1300 from last week after the monster game. They finally priced him up among the elite here. 9200 on DraftKings, 10000 on FanDuel. Cook is 10500 on FanDuel. But I want to talk about Cook for a second. Um, obviously, he's been awesome all year when he's been healthy. Last week was the first uh, – he had 82 yards, which is fewest since week two. He was 18 for 61. But after the game, there started to be some chatter about maybe he's being overworked. Maybe it's time to kind of ease off the gas a little bit, which, you know, at the price, scares you a little. You see the matchup. They're at home. They're favored. Like, it's a perfect game script. Are you concerned at all with some of this chatter this week that they may may, may ease off the gas a little bit, especially if they get ahead, maybe use some Alexander Madison? Does that uh, – does that pull you off uh, Cook a little bit at the price this week? Well, he's also like limited in practice this week so far, at least Wednesday, Thursday with an ankle yeah, issue. Yeah, we actually thought he got hurt in the middle of the game yeah. last week. We're like, oh my God, here it is. And then like a series later, he was back. But yeah, that, that's an issue too. It's a good point. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's every reason to be very nervous about like playing Cook, at least in like a cash optimal build, because you're playing him like if this was week three and he was fully healthy, like you wouldn't even think of it. But now it's like late in the season. He's had a ton of work. Uh, this ankle is a little gimpy. And if they're up big enough, there's really no reason to, to like keep running him into the ground. Like They have Alexander Madison, who is perfectly serviceable for 12 you know, fourth-quarter yeah. carries that wouldn't go to Cook uh, if they're up big. I, I feel like we have had a few times this season where we're depending on Jacksonville getting blown out, and they don't. Like They actually do a pretty good job of staying in games. They do. Which... Theoretically, that keeps Cook uh, in the game, but um, I, I'm not as like gung ho about Cook. I assume, I mean, he's projected to be the most popular player from what I've seen, um, which makes sense uh, yeah. just from you know it's going to take a lowering of his actual projection, and which is a lowering of how many touches he's get he'll get to push that uh, popularity down. But um, it's it's not a slam dunk, which is really a bummer because it feels like it should be. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, you look at the ownership percentage, like you said. Like, I if he was, if people were kind of backing off him a little bit, it would be make me him more interesting than me in yeah. a GPP environment. But like, oh, people aren't going to play him. Like, I'm going to take this because he, he could break a 65 yard in the first quarter pretty easily, and all of a sudden, like, you're there already, and then everything else is gravy. But the Jaguars are interesting because, like, we look at it like, oh, you know, big favorite. The Jaguars have scored 20 or more points four of the last five games. They, like you said, they've kind of weirdly hung in games. They did it again last week. They had the one game against Pittsburgh. They got blown out, and their defense, Pittsburgh defense, just dominated them. But like last week against Cleveland, they, they had a two point conversion away from tying it up. Is 25, 27, 25. Green Bay, they played 24, 20. Houston, 27, 25. Weird, they had the same score twice. But um, they've hung in games. Like they had the Chargers game, they lost 39, 29. So they've weird. And Mike Glennon last week didn't turn it over, didn't get sacked. Like I'm not gonna go ahead and say he was good, but like he kept them in that game. He yeah. played all right, and it was kind of like that. Of a stabilizing veteran guy the week before. I forget, even forget who he was. He was probably still Jake Luton. But, um, yeah, I mean, Cook's so wild because, like you said, he'd be a slam dunk normally. But um, you got to think if they get up or even if they don't, like I think that maybe they ease off the gas a little bit. And at 9,500, um, you know, that becomes uh, that becomes a big problem pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, you can't ease up on the gas if you're at 9,500. Um, exactly. I mean, they, the Vikings have the highest implied total on the entire slate. Uh, yeah. And they're – double-digit favorites. So, like, that's that's the running back you usually play. Um, and he's a freaking stud. Right. That helps as well. Um, they they do get Adam Thielen back, which, uh, you know, obviously doesn't, like, directly take away from Cook, but any 
plays that go to Thielen don't go to Cook. So I think they're you have to consider that a little bit. But and and Thielen leads all receivers in in, in red zone targets or red right. zone targets. So it's like it, it matters. I mean, if they're on the seven yard line, you know, suddenly it's easy to drop back and go to Thielen rather than maybe pitch one to Cook. So that, that does matter a little bit. Yeah, um, the fact that Henry is there and um, has like they have the second highest implied total and they're like uh, I think five and a half point favorites. Um, obviously he's not going to catch the passes that, that, um, cook does cook doesn't, it's not like cook catches McCaffrey level passes, but it, you know, it's enough that it, it gets him there. Um, so I think like they're, I don't think cook is going to be nearly as popular as he should be in this environment only because people can easily pivot to Henry and playing both of them is insanity though. (laughs) Yeah, I agree there. And Henry does make an easy swap if you do want to avoid cook, but Henry was weird last week. Like, you watched that game against Indy, and usually, like, Derek Henry, like, oh, the first quarter, second quarter. Like, by carry three of that game, I was like, I'm dead with that. You, <laughs> he you texted so, me so early, and you were like, so early, right? See, Henry's going to have a monster game. And I'm like, yeah. eh, you never know. And, and then it was just huge. Like every, he just looked so dominant against that. DeForest Buckner didn't play for Indy, which was huge. He was on the COVID reserve list. And it just, I mean, that's huge. I mean, he's probably one of the top five interior defensive tackles in the league. You can just tell that defense. Bobby Okariki didn't play either. But he was just, I mean, from this day, from snap one, it was like, oh, God, Derek Henry's going to dominate. He had 27 for 178, three touchdowns. And the crazy thing is Tannehill had a, had a run play option where he scored, where he yeah. could have given it to Henry. He was in. Like you could, you could, if you watch the replay, like he was a touchdown. Yep. So he could add four pretty easily. Um, he gets Cleveland this week. Cleveland's been pretty good against the run up until recently. They get him 300 yard rushers last six weeks. Um, your our boy, the podcast uh, favorite player, James Robinson, had 128 yards in them last week. Uh, dude's awesome still, by the way. Yep. Uh, good game script for Henry. They're five and a half point favorites in this game, home against the Browns. The, the eight and three Browns, by the way, who uh, came out this week. Football officer said they're the worst eight and three team in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Not like their opinion, but actually by like the DVOA numbers and all that. Yeah, yeah. The, the worst one ever. So how about that? Uh, and by the way, if you're a Browns fan, who cares about that? Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Right? You go to the playoffs, like yeah, you're, you're caring zero about that. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that Henry's there makes it interesting. I don't think Cook is going to be quite as high, maybe as some of the ownership projection things, just because, like you said, I think Henry's right there. A little buzz about Cook. It just seems like an easy swap over people, and that makes it uh, makes it a little interesting at GPPs. Which way you want to go with the, with the top two? They're also like fairly more expensive than the others. And so I think there are definitely builds where you don't have either of them, like even in cash, which seems a little crazy because usually we want these like reliable points. Uh, I think I don't see how you can argue that cook is more reliable, at least for this game than Henry, just in terms of like expected number of touches. Um, But there are guys that, that are below that. I think if you start playing around with those guys, and then you look at the wide receivers that you can get or the quarterback you can get. Um, it makes you get a little more comfortable fading both Cook and Henry and Cash, which uh, just saying it makes me feel a little crazy. Yeah, no doubt. And so we got like six guys in that like 7,000 to 7,700 range, kind of the next. It is a pretty big top down, as you mentioned. We've got uh, Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Aaron Jones, Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and Alvin Kamara. Um, what, uh, who jumps out to you from this range uh, right away? Robinson, right? Could it be anybody else? No. I, I, I love Nick Chubb, too. But, yeah, Robinson's <clears throat> bolded in my – I mean, 7,300 against the Vikings, who, you know, I don't think it's a defense that scares us right now anyway. And just – he has 96.5% of their backfield carries. There's no <laughs> other – there's no other Jaguar that has more than seven carries on the year. It's – That's wild. possible stat. Like, it, it's like – it's like literally Christian McCaffrey from 2019 usage in terms of, like, snaps and touches and all that. 
uh, compared to the rest of his team. Obviously, he doesn't get the the, the, the receptions McCaffrey gets, but 22 for 128 against Cleveland last week on with five catches also. I mean, the only concern with someone like this is game script. They're, you know, eight, what are they, eight-point underdogs to Minnesota, but that hasn't mattered for Robinson. They, they pretty much stick with him no matter what, and if he does get, uh, needs to get some catches, that happens, but 7,300 still seems uh, too cheap for, for Robinson. Um, DraftKings is showing 10, by the way, for the spread. Oh, is it up to 10? I, um, I looked, uh, I looked, I looked a couple days ago, but yeah. It, which is, way. which is working the wrong direction for Robinson, but I mean, I just for how much they use him, uh, and we were saying like, they're keeping game, they're keeping themselves relatively close in games. He's the reason why, like, I, I don't think, I mean, for a $2,000 difference, basically from the upper price guys, like, I think that's a decent amount of money. Um, where was your uh, thought after seeing the pre-game talk about how Eckler was going to be worked his way back in and then had a career high in touches? Career high. Like, it's cra- I mean, granted, <laughs> he was always a guy that never got a ton of touches, but um, yeah, 25. I mean, he had 16 targets in that game. Yeah. 11 catches, 85 yards. He didn't really do a lot with the carries. He was 14 for 44. Never so does. I wonder if, yeah, he never does. And then you wonder maybe you get some Joshua Kelly in there. But like, that's, we were always, we were wondering, like, you know, how's it going to look with Herbert and all that? And it looked pretty darn good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you have Austin Eckler in any league you're playing in or in DFS last week. Uh, he clearly had no issue meshing with, with Herbert. And, um, I mean, his targets are just huge in PPR and comes with a guy who can break one anytime. It's not like a dump off, like you, you get guys that, you know, like JD McKissick gets a bunch of offense, doesn't really do a ton with them, where yeah. the PPR can rack up, but you've got to have the, 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 the 10 catches or whatever it is to work. But Eckler can break one anytime. If he's going to get 16 targets, like that's just nuts. They're playing New England this week, and uh, you got to think New England's probably going to slow this game down a little bit. Um, you know, Bill Belichick's usually really good against rookie quarterbacks, although their defense is really bad this year against the pass. But and he ended up with a really nice game. He was on a lot of teams that won a lot of money last week. And I probably wouldn't have done it just because I was I was a little worried about the touches. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe when we hear limited touches, like with him and Jordan Reed earlier in the year, we should just play those guys and figure the coaches are full of it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, yeah, I think those two um, are definitely the ones that, that I would consider going after. Like, I feel like you need, like, the perfect situation for Aaron Jones, um, particularly – when you have other guys like right here that are in his price range that like, I don't need, I don't find any reason to play Jones. Like if anything, I'm much more interested in Rogers than I am Jones this week. And so um, I think he kind of falls out. Uh, Josh Jacobs. On that note real quick though, the Rogers one yard touchdown stuff is getting insane. Yeah. The the Packers have nine one yard rushing touchdowns. Rogers has thrown six of them. They have three for running. Like, you clearly just trying to get him stats at that point, right? Like you can just hand it to Aaron Jones. He's great at getting in the end zone. Uh, they're clearly trying to get Rodgers and Devontae Adams as many touchdowns as possible, it feels like. Well, we were talking about how many uh, end zone targets Thielen gets, and it's like, well, hold yeah. on a second. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's we'll get wild. to them. Yeah. But um, yeah. So Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, we're recording this Friday morning, so, so they haven't uh, practiced Friday. But if he doesn't play, uh, and we're skipping significantly, like we were saying like Cook is probably going to play. But if he didn't, like you still have to pay 6900 for Alexander Madison. But if Jacobs doesn't play, you can get Devontae Booker for fifty five hundred. And it's funny because we, we we mentioned we we said some negative things about DraftKings and when they put Davis at at four thousand a few weeks ago, they bumped up Madison fifteen hundred. He or a Booker fifteen hundred. Booker was four thousand last week. Yeah, and didn't do anything. I think he was like five carries for five yards. But Jacobs got got the ankle in the second half, and they did bump him up to fifty five hundred. So I was like, oh, here we go. We're gonna get Booker for four thousand. I clicked on his name. I was like, oh, fifty five hundred is like not as quite not as, as exciting. 
Um, Not when there's a much more exciting $5,500 player we can talk about. Oh, boy. We're going to get there. Um, Jacobs has 206 carries this year. One of them is for 20-plus yards. So the anti-Nick Chubb. The anti-Nick Chubb is a hashtag to our friend Vlad Sedler for that uh, stat. He had that on Twitter. I didn't want to steal that. But one 20-yard run. And every time I watch Josh Jacobs, he looks slow to me. And I'm like – he looks kind of slow, and I'm like, oh, maybe he's not. I'm like, look it up. He ran a 4 six forty. So it's not like he's burning fast. Like, that's fast for normal humans, but right. not for, <laughs> you know, stud running backs. But I don't know. He like You, you watch him, like, go on, like, a, an edge sweep or something or anything. Like, he just, just doesn't – you're like, oh, that's going to be six yards, and it turns into three. So it's like – it's just like you're looking for that burst, and it's not there. And granted, the usage is good. Um, if they get up in this game against the Jets, obviously they're going to hand it to him a ton if he, if he plays. But, you know, not uh, – not playing Wednesday or Thursday is pretty significant, but we have, we have like, seen oh, them give him the ball a ton though. A ton. Like if, if he's there, they're going to feed him and that, you know, volume is volume is King in this game. So great game script. Um, just not dynamic, but you know, I, I think the, the volume, everything like works pretty well, but I like the other guys we mentioned more. And yeah. I want to talk about Nick Chubb real quick. 7,700 on DraftKings, 8,700 on FanDuel um, over hundred yards. The last five games he's played. So in week two against Cincinnati, uh, Nick Chubb was 22 carries for 124 yards. That's his worst yards per carry on the season. That is wild. His worst. <laughs> That's 5.6 yards per carry, which is really, really good. Like if yeah. you're above, if you're above four, like you're doing well. If you're above five, like you're really, really efficient. 5.6 is his worst game this entire season. That's incredible. Incredible stat. Like it's just, and I, I looked, I saw that. I'm like, there's no way. And I started, I actually took out my phone and did the calculator on some of the yeah. games. <laughs> He has like three, he's like a 5.6, a 5.65 and a 5.7. But regardless, all of them are above five and a half yards per carry in a game. Like he has not had one stinker of an efficiency game. And the main issue with this game is they're, they're five and a half point dogs to Tennessee, but uh, Tennessee has not had anyone over 85 yards since week three, but man, Nick Chubb is awesome. Like he just, you he's probably my, my most fun guy to watch run right now. Like I just love watching him play. Like every play he's making someone miss. Then he outruns somebody like he kind of is the perfect combo of, of that and, Five straight games over 100 yards and games he's played the full game. Like, uh, I think it's 7,700. I think Nick Chubb is very live for me again this week. <laughs> so I just pulled this up. They're of the of all running backs who've had 100 rushing attempts this season. So we're trying to take out some of the riffraff here. So Chubb yeah. leads the NFL of, amongst those guys with 6.3 yards per carry on the season. Okay. There are only four other guys over 5.0. Like, and he's a full yard... Crazy. yard and a third above that and he hasn't had one game where he's like oh you know he was like oh he was 20 for 87 like right. he hasn't had one of those it's, it's wild he just he all he he's just one of those guys that hit, can hit the big one but doesn't and has a lot of like two yard carries in terms of six yards which is like it's just huge for that kind of stat uh to cherry pick a stat he's only rushed 20 times twice all season that's pretty and there's been a lot of cream hunt uh, last week, he played 41 snaps last week, which is the most he's played this year. Um, I think as we go along here, I think it's very evident that Nick Chubb's a better football player than Kareem Hunt. <laughs> um, I which picked... I think, which the start of the year, wasn't like, you yeah. were like, oh, you know, you can you can kind of 50-50 them. And it's pretty clear who's a much better player. Yeah, I cherry-picked 20 because he's had three games with 19. So yeah. um, that helps. <laughs> but him. it's a good point. Yes, he he's awesome. A lot of like, heavy volume kind of games. I don't think yeah. you're going to get that. There's always a little bit of risk there that he does have that game. But man. Dude's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I want to hit Camaro real quick because I feel like, uh, you know, we hit a lot of things. We miss a lot of things, kind of the way that DFS works. But, like, we we perfectly nailed that Camaro's play last week. He was, like, what was he, 8,200 or something last week? 
with Taysom Hill again, he had one target again, and if you it, they didn't drop back a lot. Like, and whenever Hill yeah. did drop back, he had what Hill had like seventy eight passing yards or something. There's a number right in there. But it's the it's the red zone, it's the end zone and red zone looks too, and like they're using Latavius Murray. Um, Kamara's played less than fifty percent of the snaps the last two weeks. Like this is a this is a problem. Like he's talented and can do something at any time, but you're gonna get me less than fifty percent of his snaps, not the red zone goal line carries, and not catching passes. And it's hard to build a formula where Kamara hits unless he breaks a, like a forty yard touchdown at some point. Even against the Falcons. I know, right? The matchup is so good. Like I love anybody against the Falcons, but. I don't know if he's not catching passes. He's, he's taught 15 carries once all year. Yeah. And, and usually with the passes, they're like, oh, he's winning 10 targets, so we're great. But I don't know the way they're running the offense right now. They had like, they had like 28 dropbacks uh, last week or something. No, they had 38 dropbacks a game with Breeze, and they have 52 total in Hills two starts. So, like, it's a – it's a they ha- after that first quarter or the first half, the first game against Atlanta when Hill did nothing, they kind of switched the offense up and – I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe at some point Peyton will game plan to get the ball in, in Kamara's hands, and maybe they're maybe they're easing off the gas a little bit with him because they they may not need it against Atlanta. But I don't know. I, I find it hard to play him right now, which is weird to say because three weeks ago he looked like he was a top three running back. Yeah, that game last week basically was like out of the forties. Like there was no no quarterbacks, and <laughs> it was so bad. Um, yeah, I, I just even if like I totally get the whole like I'm going to play Kamara because nobody's playing him and it's like I don't even think that's sure. worth it this week like I just don't see it no and there's we just mentioned five guys in the 7000s like right around the same price if he would drop down even more sure but yeah I think I, I can make a case for the other five guys over him pretty easily and it's uh it's weird it's just uh I mean there uh, are plenty of guys below him that you can make a better case too. So, so let's jump down to below we've got uh, a few guys here in the 6000 I think are interesting Miles Sanders 6700 DeAndre Swift is 6,500, and they cleared him off the concussion protocol yesterday on the same day that Agent Peterson said he's really concerned about him, and he hasn't seemed like himself lately. Like, what a weird like, – and it was like back-to-back notes, too, on like all the yeah. sites, obviously on Rotowire. But, like, I, I crossed him off. I'm like, oh, that quote is terrible. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, like, oh, he's off the injury list. So um, we got Chris Carson at 6,500 who didn't uh, didn't practice fully yesterday. He was a little bit limited in practice on Thursday. Uh, what are you doing in the six thousand range? Is there anybody that like jumps out to you that you that you really like in this area? Um, Carson did um, that. The limited practice, I think, is being just chalked up the fact that he missed four games and they just don't want to overwork him during the week. Yeah. But uh, like we were talking about, Cook and Henry have the two highest implied totals in terms of uh, their team totals, uh, and they have a, a decent uh, spread. That fully applies to Carson. Third, the yeah. Seahawks have the third most uh, points, implied points. They're 10-point favorites, or at least the last time I checked they were. I can't imagine it's gotten closer yet, 10 points. And they have they're the, they've clearly made a shift the last couple of weeks to go back to this running game. Like it's, uh, We'll talk about, we talk about Russell Wilson, but they have uh, – my concern with Carson is he only played 25 snaps last week. He looked good, though. He had that touchdown run that yeah. was like beastly touchdown run that was on all the highlights. It was on Monday night, so everybody saw it. But, you know, he was only 8 for 41. Carlos Hyde played 41 games. He's also limited in practice. Okay, he hasn't practiced at all yet, I don't think. Yeah. Like, oh, he was, he was not at all. So, yeah, yeah, he didn't practice a, at all. And Travis Homer's hurt. So I, I just I, I wonder if that was just a first game back thing for Carson. And he had a, not, he had a really nice uh, kind of wheel play out of, the, out of the backfield that Wilson threw a great pass to him. So he's obviously super involved. Giants haven't allowed 100-yard running back since week one, which kind of surprised me too. Their defense has come on a little bit. I think that they, uh, you know, staking their claim for the uh, the NFC East there. Um 
great setup, great uh, great uh, game script with the big favorites. Uh, I'm a little wary with the usage last week, but I, it could be that just they were just kind of easing him back in, which which makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that they were easing him back in. There was a yeah. one of the ridiculous quotes from Pete Carroll this week about how much better they are when it's like a 50-50 split. And I was like, oh, well, that was nice. Did you see the quote about our formula is 50 carries plus completions? That's how you yes. win football games. Yes, that's how you win. I was games. like, well, if if Wilson throws sixty times, you're going to get there, right? Yeah. Like, but like, that made no sense. Like, okay, so if you pass the ball and run the ball a lot, you're going to win. Like, it was, it was the weirdest stat. I was like, I don't even know where that comes from. Right. It was clearly so, he saw it and took the complete wrong conclusion from it. But it was like, no, no, this is. I mean, it's the, I want, it's the idea of like teams that win games do it because they run a lot, and it's like, no, they run a lot because they're winning games. Like, but anyway. I wanted um, to send him like Joe Burrow game logs where he threw the ball 68 <laughs> times and, and be like, yeah, I don't think it works that well. <laughs> so in terms of like potential playing time issues, you have to be much more comfortable at Carson at 6,300 than Cook at 9,500 if somebody is like possibly not getting as many touches as you want. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like Carson. Um, I think his salary range is a little tough. Like uh, we talked about Booker if he plays. And then obviously we have the lock button this week that uh, nobody will ever regret playing right. of um, 5,500 David Montgomery, who has never failed us and will certainly never fail us in the future. So, um, but yeah, I think Carson, I think most people are going to take one of those cheaper guys as amazingly yeah. as that sounds, at least in cash games and probably one of the expensive ones. I mean, that we went through six of them that were, that we all thought yeah. were very good. So I think Carson's kind of in that weird range where he probably isn't going to be all that popular in cash games, but I mean, he's got plenty of upside for GPPs. Certainly if they're going to try to give him the ball more and not let Russ throw as much as possible. Yeah, he I mean he looked uh he looked really good. We mentioned that touchdown run, but kind of looked uh, looked pretty fresh and good. What I want to talk real quick about Miles Sanders. Guy that's talented, but they I mean, the Philadelphia offense is a mess right now and the way that he had eight touches last week against Seattle. And that wasn't a game where they were down 21 nothing no. in the first quarter. Like that game was um, I never really thought they were going to win the game, but like the game was close enough where your running back should have been phased out and he hit eight touches. Like, I don't, I think it's safe to say he's their best player on offense. He's their most dynamic player on offense. I mean, they're, they're receiving core. Alshon Jeffrey looks like me running routes right now. Like it's, <laughs> it's hard. And he's playing instead of you Travis Fulgham well who looked who look good. I, I'm, I'm a little shifty, but you know, the breakaway <laughs> speed is not quite there yeah. anymore. Um, but Sanders, I mean, Sanders, Green Bay struggled against the run. They are allowing 167 total yards a game to the running back position. Um, they gave up 103 to the aforementioned David Montgomery last week, which is, says a lot right there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had 92 weeks ago. Ooh. And, you know, Dalvin Cook and Ronald Jones had big game against them against them fairly recently. Sanders has a lot of upside. It's a good matchup. But, man, this offensive line is an absolute disaster right now. We're going to go through sack numbers when we talk about defenses later. And the Philly all-line is an absolute mess. And, like, we knew that from, like, from the beginning of the season. Like I remember like that's what everybody was talking about was just that line was so bad and obviously hasn't gotten any better. So, and it's um, gotten banked up too on top yeah. of that. It's just Lane Johnson's. It's just like every time he seems like he's hurt. It's just, it's, it's rough. I mean, they just always have guys limping off. I mean, I think the first play last week, they had an offensive lineman get hurt and you're just like, Oh my gosh, here you like, it's just, you're the curse. So I like Sanders as a player. I just, it's hard for me to do it against that offensive line in a game that they're, uh, they're decent sized underdogs. It's, it's hard to get there, but man, he's a guy that can break one anytime. It's just it's hard to build that case even against the Green Bay defense. Do you think Doug Peterson's worth trusting ever again after the Jalen Hurts talk? Uh, no, and I think Frank Reich uh, suddenly suddenly looks a lot better for that Super Bowl run. Like <laughs> Peterson, like makes some weird mistakes and they do some strange stuff. And yeah, the, the Jalen Hurts thing is weird. Like he came in, 
completes an out on the sideline, like a pretty nice looking pass, I mean, an easy play to set up for him, but a nice looking NFL pass. And then they take him back out. And he, like, he didn't come back in again. So it's like, we're going to get him snaps. And by snaps, you meant one? Like, I don't well, understand. They... And Wentz looked horrible the first quarter. And Hurts comes in to start the second quarter. You're like, all right, here we go. And then, uh, or, or maybe not. It was so strange. It was the total opposite of what he had intimated earlier in the week. Not even intimate. Yes. He said it. Like, yeah. the, the idea was like, we're going to give him a few plays. It's not going to be these like one-off plays with like Wentz on the field. Like, they're going to let him yeah. do it. And he completes the pass. <laughs> like, okay. And it was funny. Like, you see the sideline. There's, like, three guys who are, like, really fired up about the completion. And you could tell there's some guys in there that want to see want to see Hurts. And then yeah. he was just gone. And and Wentz is so – of course, Wentz, like, didn't play well. And, like, gets the Hail Mary at the end of the game where, he like, his stat line all of a sudden was, like, a top-ten quarterback. You're like, eh, I don't know. It's just it's, – it's so – You mean the best which, or the worst backdoor cover in the history of the NFL? And then they went for two. Did you see the letter that someone wrote to Roger Goodell? Yeah. Saying that it was like the whole thing was fixed. I'm like, I'm sure Goodell's on the phone to Peterson and be like, dude, you got to go for two right you here. You got to go for two, yeah. Like, Stop that. Complete the Hail Mary and then go for two. The, it was funny because I played the, I played the Monday, Monday Night Football Showdown. And I, I was nowhere near catching, but I kind of looked at the top, like right at the end. And there were 360 teams that were tied for the top spot, which you get in that showdown, right? And then the second to last play, Wentz completes a dump off to Boston Scott. And a guy had a unique lineup winning a million dollars. That's amazing. So he had Scott and like the other, so jumped ahead of those 300 teams who were built without Scott. And then they throw the Hail Mary and another guy jumps up top of that with the with a unique lineup too for a million dollars. So that guy that had the million dollars was probably watching because he probably knew he was up there. Uh, the Hail Mary comes, he dropped from a million dollars to 500. There is something like just crazy. You don't, that, you like, don't, you don't f- sleep. You don't sleep for like a week if that happens. Right? <laughs> to finish with like the fourth highest scoring lineup. But right. to finish 367th or whatever it was. Yeah. It's, that's a bummer. It was brutal. But uh, so David Montgomery, uh, you mentioned as we're getting down cheaper here. Big game last week. He was 11 for 103. Five catches, I think, was the key to that game. Is that, I mean, he had the he had the 57-yard carry in the first drive and didn't do much running. He was kind of David Montgomery after that. It was he 10 for 46 or something. Uh, but the five, the five uh, catches were really nice. They were trailing all game to Green Bay. Uh, they are favorites this week against uh, Detroit. Great matchup. Detroit's allowing 165 yards per game to running backs. There are 21 touchdowns scored by running backs so far, leading the NFL in, in giving, uh, giving up touchdowns. He's always hard to trust. Uh, he, it was a little cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, I thought he was going to be maybe 62, 6,300 and get me off him a little bit. But 5,500 on a slate where we don't really have a lot of easy, cheap running backs. Um, Got to think he's really popular this week. Yeah. I think it's almost like they did a survey and they were like, What's the lowest that you would, or the most right. that you would pay for Montgomery in this situation? If you're like, I would never pay six thousand, and they're like, okay, how about fifty five hundred? Come on, you can do it. Um, it's it. I've mentioned like n- numerous times on this podcast all season of like these blind stacks that I do, and yep. Montgomery just like explodes out of it. So, um, as ridiculous as that sounds, um, yeah, it's the first time David Montgomery's exploded on anything in the NFL. <laughs> He looked good. Like he looked good last week. Like not even, not even just like oh the stats were like he actually looked like a better running back somehow. Like if you told me it was somebody else in the Montgomery <laughs> uniform, right. I could kind of believe you. The other guy who kind of jumps out even a little more than Montgomery, only in terms of like game situation, is um, your boy Jonathan Taylor. And then obviously he has significantly more. Uh, or two uh, running backs on his team that could take work from him. Yeah. Um, so Montgomery, I think, has 140% of the uh, Bears' touches 
from running exactly. backs this season. But um, Taylor profiles decently well. Like, um, you know, the Colts are favored against the Texans. I think it's the fifth or sixth highest total. He's only 5,700. It's not, I mean, I would never play him in cash, but right. somebody might be stupid enough to win money with him in a GPP. I mean, and running backs against Houston has been a, a very good formula all year long. Um, obviously, missed last week with the uh, with the COVID yeah. list. Was, his girlfriend tested positive. I don't have a report anywhere. I looked last yeah. night. I don't see a report anywhere that he tested positive. So at least in terms of like recovery and how he may look and touches, I think that's pretty significant, pretty important. He's not actually coming off it. Now, right. that doesn't doesn't mean that they didn't report it or whatever it may be. But it sounds like he didn't actually test positive himself. He was a high-risk, close contact the the other running backs in this situation make it really hard. But he had 22 carries last the last game he played. Like he was 22 for 90 against Green Bay. We mentioned that earlier. 47 snaps. So it was weird that like after 21 17 snaps, suddenly they boosted him back up. Um, you're right. There's nowhere you can play him in cash because who knows what's going to happen there. But in a GPP setup, if you want to you know shift away from Montgomery and go with someone who's obviously talented, but you know could end up with he could certainly end up with seven carries. Like that, I don't think that's that's good, outside the realm of possibility. It's probably probable the way they do it, but. At that same price, if you're looking for someone to get off of Montgomery and you want to be a little different in GPP because Montgomery is going to be popular, um, Kenyon Drake is 5,700 against the Rams. Uh, the Rams' defense is good. They allow 3.8 yards per carry. But Drake had 22 carries last week, only 70 yards. We had two touchdowns. The touchdowns are what's important to me. Um, the way Kyler is playing right now with his shoulder, they are not having him. He had five carries these last two weeks, which is dropped way down. They're not having him run the ball, especially in the red zone. If Drake's going to be the guy, and they're pounding him in the red zone when they do get there. I watched that game, and it's clear that he's the guy when they get near the end zone. Like, even the second one, it's like, all right, let's just get a one-yard touchdown here. He has, uh, since he came back, he has 57 touches to Chase Edmonds' 27. So he's clearly, like, the guy when he plays. Like, we thought it was like, we thought it was, oh, here's Edmonds. He's going to explode. And then all of a sudden, well, maybe it'll be 50-50 now he's back. It's been, like, you know, two-thirds Drake. So I think that Drake at 5,700 in a matchup that doesn't jump off the page, it's not a great matchup. The Rams are, you know, a good defense. Um, I think he's mildly interesting as a, as a pivot off Montgomery. I like that call. Makes I mean, it, it certainly makes sense. Um, trying to see, like, it, I kind of expected that total to be a little higher, but maybe the... I did too. I guess the Rams defense has been strong enough that they they feel I confident. Still, I still thought it was low. Yeah. I think a healthy Kyler might be a little higher, but... Yeah. I still feel stuff is low to me. It's not like the Arizona defense. I mean, Jared Goff looked terrible last week, but... He is terrible, Jared Goff, actually. That's all it is. Jared Goff cannot play the 49ers. It's the weirdest thing. Like every time I'm like, oh God, here we go, the Rams. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Jared Goff can't play football mm-hmm. against us. So, well. so let's jump into the passing game. But first a note from our uh, sponsors at PropSwap. Uh, smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet. And that's where smart bettors use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. You see a ticket you like, but you think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Use the promo code ROTO500, that's promo code ROTO500, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. Before we get to quarterbacks, Andrew, I jumped the gun a little bit there. Do you have any cheap, cheap running backs you like this week? There's nobody under Booker that I was really interested in, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't uh, skip that if you had anybody you want to talk about there. I thought we at least should say the name Giovanni Bernard just to make sure that we don't play him. Um, (laughs) uh, He's the only one, and I was trying to see, like, what the Dolphins are supposed to be doing, but um, I'm not sure that's really a situation I need to buy into at this point. 
Yeah, I agree. If we get to the point where like uh, Ahmed doesn't play and Miles Gaskins like a full go, I might right. I, I might think about that. That'd be the only path I think I would take. Gaskins fifty nine hundred, so it's not like he's that cheap. It's hard to go Gaskin with his first game back over like the guy. I mean, over Drake, over Taylor, right. over Montgomery. Like it's just hard to get there. If he was forty nine hundred, sure, maybe we could get a little creative. But um, I didn't see much under fifty five hundred. I like this week, and so I, that's why I jumped forward. But I want to make sure there was nobody I was missing there. Uh, Frank, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Sorry. A lot of touches. A lot of touches. <laughs> Why does he have so many touches? If you're in a uh, season-long league, Frank Gore is like a flex play right now. It's, it's wild, but he he just he just is. Um, quarterbacks. Quarterback is interesting to me this week. We got uh, three guys up at the top here. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray. 77, 76, and 75, respectively. Um, I think there's cases to be made against all three of them. Um I like Deshaun Watson the most of this group, but he lost his best receiver this week. He lost Will Fuller six weeks for a PED suspension. And if you look at the stats when Fuller doesn't play, like Deshaun Watson's stats go down. It's actually like a, I think it's 16 games that Fuller hasn't played, which obviously it's Will Fuller, so that's a lot. But uh, in that chunk, like he goes down, a certain number of yards goes down, his YPA goes down. Fuller's a really important weapon for him in this offense. I still like Deshaun Watson a lot. I think he'll get it done. Maybe maybe he has to get his legs involved a little more. And, you know, I, I, I the Indy defense didn't look really good last week. They gave up – Henry killed them. And Tannehill was over 10 yards per attempt too. So it's not like yeah. they, they stopped the pass. He didn't have to throw a ton because Derrick Henry ran for eight yards every carry. But uh, Aaron Rodgers really good the week before that. So I like watching most of this group. But I was curious your thoughts on uh, <coughs> on these three guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Finally, we have Watson, like, priced where he should be. Uh, right. One week after he loses his best receiver. Um, you have to think that like the the poor games that he's had without Fuller uh, include games where he had DeAndre Hopkins too. It's not like... That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, like he still had a very, very, very good receiver to throw to. But he, he's got David Johnson there instead. So that's all right. <laughs> right. Um, boy, boy, that trade does not look good. Uh, yeah. So like we mentioned that Murray obviously is clearly hurt um, and playing through it. So like playing him against the Rams just doesn't make sense to me. And he's just, he's just not running the ball. Like he right. just, that's, that's his, he's so good at runs the ball. And if he's gonna have five carries a game, like it, it's really hard to play him at the price. It, right. He can always go off. Don't get me wrong, but like I need to see him run the ball and, and feel comfortable. And you could tell last week he did not look comfortable. And you're now relying on him to throw against arguably like the best secondary in the NFL. So, yep. Yep. um, and Russ, like, it's Pete Carroll that is the reason you don't play Russ just because if they, if they really are going to try to run more, then that takes away from, from Wilson. So, yeah, I think... And you mentioned, mentioned Carroll's crazy quotes. He had the one, he's like, I coached terribly in the first quarter. It's because he went for it twice on fourth down when he should have gone for it. When he like, should have gone for it, right. So you know they're punting from the 38-yard line at some point this week. Yeah, like Carroll, is, like, is he the best bad coach in the NFL? Like, I'm not, is he a good coach? I don't even know. I think so because I think guys play their butts off. Yeah, I give. I'll give you that. Yeah, and I think you know you always say like that is like in the NFL. Like if you can get these adults to play that hard, I think that really matters. And he always gets. You see guys that like teams lay eggs out there. The Seahawks never lay eggs. They never quit at the games. Like the four, the four are going to come back. They just they seem like they play really hard for him. And I think that's where Pete Carroll's value is not in the absurd quotes he had this in year. actual like, football, just, right? You know, he had like like a bunch of like you said, nineteen sixty five quotes. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it was. Uh, so yeah, I don't think you need to play any of these guys. Um, but the group right below has some really interesting options. Um, to the point where like I think, like I wasn't, sh- I still don't know which one I like the most. Um, but I'm embarrassed that Kirk Cousins is one of them. <laughs> 
So, oh, that, but like, me too. Don't be embarrassed. So, um, obviously, we talk about how much he throws to Thielen in the in the uh, in the end zone. He didn't even have him last week when he went three oh seven and three touchdowns. So three straight games with at least two ninety two and multiple scores. Um, and it it was weird to see that they um, didn't have Thielen last week, and he threw a season high forty five passes, like out of nowhere. Um, yep. But I think the group is basically Thielen, Herbert, and Rodgers. And in I, I think Herbert has to be last only because of this ridiculous Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks thing. But like I think if we didn't have Cousins or Rodgers, you'd probably like him more. But like Rodgers just seems like such an easy play. Why is Rodgers sixty eight hundred? <laughs> He's got no, the little Deshaun Watson in him now. But why? Like his touchdowns last six weeks, four, three, four, two, three, four. Like, what is what about his stat line or anything recently that he's done puts him at sixty eight hundred right now? It's a I couldn't believe that. I actually thought last night I was talking, I was going through, I typed stuff. I thought I typoed it. I'm like, oh, he must be seventy eight hundred. And I went back. I actually went back and looked. That's how bad I thought the price was. So I wrote up the Packers Bears game, and it's like, well, I know Rodgers is having like a good season. There's like MVP talk, and I'm just like. Has it really been this good? And like the number of three and four touchdown games is nuts. Like it's not like you see guys like every so often have three or four. And he has more games of three or four than games with fewer. And like three touchdowns is a lot. Like it's not like it's nothing. Um, I think he's easily the most popular quarterback this week. And it's just a matter of whether you play him with Adams or not. Yeah, the price just jumps off the page so much compared to those top three guys. You're just like, this is weird that... That he's here. I mean, his his YPA is up a full yard per attempt from last year. Last year was a seven point oh. This year is at eight point one. Um, it's just been a different. And he has Alan Lazard back, who you know is not an, ex- an explosive guy, but another guy that you know if you need a a twelve yard completion, he's there, and that that matters when you're when you're trying to build stats in a game. And he's got MVS running deep routes. He's got Adams who catches four hundred sixteen passes a game. It's just he's got Aaron Jones in the backfield. He's got Jamal Williams in the backfield. He's got Tunyon looked good last last two weeks. Um, if they're going to continue to throw the ball inside the five, I think he has 14 touchdown passes of less than four, less than four or five yards. Like this is an absurd number, but I granted a lot of that. We're like, Oh, he's getting stats for him, but he's really good in that area too. Like he makes the right decision. You can trust him to make the right pass. He has that like just pinpoint sidearm pass to Adams. You're like, well, I guess they run it. Cause it's impossible to stop. Like I, I get you, you, you make fun of it. You're like, why well, don't you just run it? Well, it's like, well, that's essentially like a run. Like it's just yeah. so easy. But, it's it's um, odd to me that the other teams don't double Adams like at the line from the one yard yes. line. Like just Every actually time. make them run it. He runs that little out and you're like, oh, another touchdown. Like, why don't you just play for that? Like, just I, get another I, guy in there. Like, if I see it on tape, the defensive coordinator, I'm sure there's all kinds of complicated stuff I don't get. But like, I don't know. Make them do something different. Yeah. I mean, make football can be very complicated, but that yes. seems fairly easy. Yes. Like, make them make them run it. Like, make if, them if run it. Obviously, they can do it. Just make them run it. I mean. Right. Of course, sometimes the guy's covered and he fits in like a little teeny window anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, Rodgers, I think is going to, I agree with you, fully highest, highest owned quarterback. But uh, Herbert, you know, you mentioned the thing with Belichick, good versus rookie quarterbacks. But like, this is a different Bill Belichick defense. They lead the NFL in with in a bad way with 8.3 yards per attempt against yeah. quarterbacks. Uh, the 2020 Patriots are not a team that I'm scared of at all. They're a nice matchup. Uh, the Pats played Kyler really well last week, although I don't think that, I think that was like 60% Kyler. The total is only 47 is my concern in this game. It's hard to see New England getting in a game like back and forth the charge here, which is when we like Justin Herbert. We like Herbert when they, you know, the defense has given up a lot. But with Cam playing, you know, kind of slow and boring, 
The total's only 47. That's kind of what we got we got me off Herbert a little bit. Usually I'm all over Herbert. He's been great. Um, the last couple of weeks have been a little slower. He's like you know 6.1 and 5.8 YPAs. It's not been quite as efficient, but I just worry a little bit how this kind of game trudges along a little bit compared to most Chargers games. Yeah, I just think from like an optimal standpoint, why are you paying more for Herbert than Rodgers? Agreed there. So let's jump down to Kirk Cousins, 6,400. I was hoping the difference between him and Rodgers would be a little bit more to make him a Me little too. more enticing because it's hard to click on that. But you mentioned the three straight gate games, but he has an 8.6 YPA in the season. Like he's been really good yeah. all year. He has he has two great weapons now. He has Thielen. He has Justin Jefferson, who is an absolute beast, by the way. Um, I think it kind of comes down to what they do with Dalvin, though. Like if they ease off Dalvin in the third and fourth quarter and throw a little bit more, if Jacksonville can stay in this game, this is a really a, really a situation where the game script and the score at halftime is going to be really a huge, a huge factor in whether Cousins has a big game or not. Yeah, totally. Um, I think you put it, I think that perfectly describes it. I was like, I actually saw Cousins' price before Rodgers's. Like I, I don't know if I was looking at our optimizer or whatever it was. And I was like, Cousins 6,400 is pretty good in this matchup. If Cook's banged up, blah, blah, blah. Rodgers must be 7,800. <laughs> like, yep. okay, maybe I won't play Cousins this week. Like, not that I'm like ever looking for reasons not to play Cousins, but like I'm not going out of my way to like get more Kirk Cousins in my life. But Rodgers makes it pretty easy from an optimal standpoint not to play him. It does. I, I will definitely have Cousins in GPP lineups. Uh, Jaguars allowed multiple touchdowns in five straight games. Like their their defense is terrible. Yeah, uh, they're, they're banged. They're bad. They're banged up. It's like a bad combo of everything there. Um, those are kind of the quarterbacks that I was considering this week. Down a little bit lower, we've got Ryan Tannehill's mildly interesting at 6,200. But then I see the price compared to Rodgers and Cousins. You're like, how do I get there? But you know, he hasn't uh, he hasn't he hasn't been really good lately. Um, but his, his highest total on the board should be a good game mm-hmm. flow back and forth. So you got to always look at the quarterback in the highest totals. You got Baker Mayfield in that game too, who was on the million dollar uh, winner last week. Even though he didn't really do that much, it was a uh, Baker Mayfield Jarvis Landry stack that won the million dollars, which is uh, yeah absurd and insane. But uh, sometimes it happens. When you go that yeah. with uh, with Tyree Kill, and I forget who the other big receiver was. We had Justin Jefferson. Um, it's uh, it was and Derrick Henry. That was a, a nice build right That'll there. And it, you got yeah. Taysom Hill at sixty three hundred, who did really well against Atlanta two weeks ago. But man, seventy eight passing yards last week, and he just like he has to score two touchdowns running to, for it to work and. I'm not going there. 6,300. I, I could see it working against this Falcons defense who was, he went 18 for 23 against them a couple weeks ago. Like he was actually pretty good against them two weeks ago as opposed to last week where he was pretty bad as a, as a passer, but he's just too close to cousins and Rogers. I think for me to get, get there this week. Right. Like <clears throat> the Rogers Herbert conversation is the same yeah, as the Taysom Hill, the cousins. Like I just don't see it happening. Um, I don't think there's a, an easy pay down option. Like obviously cheap, quarterbacks always have some sort of risk to them but like Derek Derek Carr thinks you're crazy um I mean Derek Carr has one of the best matchups possible um but I mean are you really gonna play Derek Carr in a game that they really like probably don't even have to throw much in last week was bad it was 22 of 34 against the Falcons with no touchdowns like that. And they got blown out. Blown out. That was the weirdest game. Oh, it was so strange. But it's kind of the game that we expect Carr to have more often than not. Like it was actually the surprising games that he becomes the part of the conversation. You mean every time he plays the Chiefs? It's so strange. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly Uh, like that. I think quarterback is pretty kind of straightforward this week. I think there's like, you know, if you want to pay up for me, it's Watson. Uh, but like Rogers, Herbert cousins, like kind of seems the way that I'm going to go with most of my lineups. Would you play or at least consider Daniel Jones if he was fully healthy? 
Probably. Uh, yeah. You had the call last week, and he kind of came out looking good, and he connected with Evan Ingram and looking good, but uh, I'm certainly not doing it with Colt McCoy. That's <laughs> and that Seahawks defense is got a little better. bit better. Like, yeah, you could see, you can kind of see that they're changing how they play a little bit, and um, they've been a little bit better the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, I probably would have thought about Jones if he was like 5,800 or something this week. Um, Trubisky? I saw a I saw a couple of things like the value like a value meter where like Trubisky was like the best value for the price. Um, if I'm gonna do it, I think I'm just gonna go with the receivers in this game against Detroit instead of Trubisky. I just I, I don't think I can trust the dude. I completely agree. Certainly from a cash perspective, there's no way I'm playing Trubisky yeah. in cash. And he's what he's 5400 on on DraftKings. They moved, the price has moved up since last week. Um, I don't hate uh, getting a piece of this game, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth a little bit, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a, a receiver or, you know, a couple of receivers we'll talk about. Um, I think that's, that's the path I'm going to take if I want to, I want a piece of that offense. That's fair. So let's jump into pass catchers. They are really interesting this week, a lot more interesting than quarterbacks this week. But first a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when you place your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you place your first sports wager, receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports folks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or, old, or age of older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone else you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So we talked about Aaron Rodgers a bunch, which means we have to talk about Devontae Adams at wide receiver. He is the highest-priced guy with very, very good reason. Uh, 9000 on DraftKings, 9500 on FanDuel. Uh, Darius Slay, who would, would guard him normally, uh, didn't uh, practice, or limited practice yesterday with a calf uh, calf injury, so that's a, a note there, although um, he probably didn't practice because he has nightmares of DK Metcalf just abusing him all night on Monday. It was crazy. Held him out of the uh, end zone. Yeah, sort of, because he dropped the <laughs> dropped the last pass. When Darius Slay, Slay fell, like it was just... <laughs> DK Metcalf is a freak, but uh, Adams has scored in six straight games in that stretch. He has nine touchdowns. It's not like he's having won a game um, over hundred yards in three of the last six. Hasn't been under 50 yards since week two. And that's because he only played 28 snaps due to injury. Um, not much I can say about Adams. He's a, a, a beast. He's great. He gets a ton of targets. He has a great MVP level quarterback. Um, just a matter of if you want to build with the $9,000 is kind of what it comes down to with Adams. Single digit targets in back-to-back games. Oh, there you go. Um, you found you found you found a little uh, little little something there. Well, I think one of the problems is is that when you're so busy catching one yard touchdowns, you can't catch you can't catch a thirty yard pass from the one yard line, Scott. So uh, yeah, that's that's tough to do. Yeah, so um, I think he's fine. I actually don't think he ends up as like an optimal play. I think you're more like you're better off just playing Rodgers and not paying nine thousand for a wide receiver. Like he obviously from a cash perspective is like it's most reliable you can get. Right, I think right. he actually may be more, uh, more helpful to a cash lamp than DK Metcalf, even though Metcalf is like just an absolute monster. Like the consistency, I mean, Metcalf is 8,200. I assume that's the most expensive he's been all season. Uh, for a classic is, yeah. Yeah. So um, like I get, I think if you're not playing Adams, you're you're not paying playing any of the top like four or five 
wide receivers. Price yeah, and you mentioned, you mentioned single digit targets, but those were eight and nine. So there's not like he was. Uh, I think not it was like nine. Had, oh, I thought it was nine and nine, actually. Uh, I had eight and nine, but close enough that, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's just really darn good. And yeah. the problem with Metcalf this week, you know, you mentioned that um, A200 for the price week, highest price, but you can never like take a receiver out because of a cornerback. Obviously, we saw that him with Darius Slay is like, but James Bradbury's for the Giants have been really good. Yeah. Um, Metcalf killed Slay last week. So I, they're going to take deep shots to him. It's clear in that offense that when they do throw right now, it's over the top to Metcalf. It's Metcalf. It's Metcalf at all points. Like he's just dominating everything right now. You wonder how much Seattle will have to throw, how much they want to throw in a game where they're a pretty si- decent-sized favorite against freaking Colt McCoy again. Like, it's not a Daniel Jones who's not great, but, like, can put up some points if you need yeah. to make some big plays. Like, it's hard to see Colt McCoy, who I thought was, like, retired four years ago. I was, I'm shocked he's still in the NFL. I was at the Rose Bowl when he got hurt in the first quarter. I was like, oh, this Rose... It was a like championship game, too, I think. It was yeah. Texas-Alabama. And I was like, this is going to be a great game. And Colt McCoy got hurt in the first quarter. And I'm like, oh, great. We're going to sit here and listen to Alabama fans talk for three quarters. It was brutal. Brutal. If I had to hear that classic yellow, Rose Bowl of Alabama. Texas. If I had to hear that yellow hammer rammer jammer song one more time, I was gonna <laughs> jump off the Rose Bowl. But um, yeah, it was the cha- whatever the championship yeah. playoff. It was ever that week that season was. But um, yeah, you just wonder with Metcalf like how much they're gonna have to throw. Like it's just uh, if they get up, it's clear that uh, from Pete Carroll's crazy quotes that they're gonna want to run the ball. And if they're up twenty three to six at halftime, like are you gonna get fourteen targets for DK Metcalf? I just don't think you do. I mean. The guy's awesome, can go off at any time. I would not argue against playing him if you want to, but I don't think it's an ideal week to do so this week. Yeah, I agree. The other guys up here, we've got Keenan Allen, 8,100. DeAndre Hopkins at 7,800. Um, how are you feeling about those two this week? Uh, I'll take Allen over Hopkins any day, but I also think I'd probably skip both of them. I think I do too. Um, just the this game with the, the Chargers and Patriots, I just don't know where fully where it's going to go. Um, I would play Allen over Hopkins too. I just uh, Hopkins with with Kyler struggling. He has right. five fifty one and five fifty five the last two weeks. Like it's hard to pay up for that. Likely to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. They don't move Hopkins around the the formation very often. He kind of is like that guy on the left on the left outside, and um, still seems fully priced. And if Kyler's not one hundred percent, I just I have a hard time getting there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I mean Thielen was the most expensive wide receiver that I was seriously considering. Okay. Um, uh, before we get to feeling AJ Brown, 7,600, the, the guy's a beast, but four fewer catches in five straight grant. He scores a lot of touchdowns. I just, if I'm going to pay up in this range, I think I just want more volume. That's exactly how I look at it. Like volume, uh, like touchdowns are just way too variant and volume is just much more consistent for most of these guys. So at least from a cash standpoint, AJ Brown's almost like never in consideration. So in, it's funny, we talk to this sense of guys. Adams is the one guy I had bolded that I really liked this week, and obviously it's easy to like him. But uh, I have no one until we get down to Thielen that I bolded again. Then I have like five guys in a row that I really like at the price. So uh, talking about uh, about Thielen, are you, are you feeling over Jefferson then this week for $400 more? Uh, I was really hope like there's no reason they should be further apart, but I was like really hoping that I could get Jefferson a little cheaper. But I mean, they both... Like, not that you can, like, throw last week's game out for Jefferson, like, 13 targets. But, like, if Thielen's there, Jefferson's probably not getting 13 targets. Like, it's as simple as that. Um, The concern in this game is obviously that they get up early and then they don't have to throw as much. But with the the amount that Thielen gets looked at in the end zone, um, they're both, like, big play guys. You don't really see it that often where, like, the top two receivers uh, have, like, double-digit A dots because... Usually one of them's a little closer. It's like the opposite of the Rams who have like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup run five run five yard yeah. outs every time. But um, I think just for the price, because 
theoretically there's a little more touchdown upside with Thielen that I think he's he just makes a little more sense in Jefferson. Yeah, it's funny. We talked last week about Jefferson. We're like, you know, it's real. Like the end zone targets have to go somebody. He had two all year and then he got two last week. Yeah. So it's like you could see that when they drop back, it's like, oh, Thielen's not there. Let's just boom, go to the next guy. I just I just love watching Jefferson play. Dude, he's really good. Stud. Like what a great what a great pick that's gonna be. I have I like Thielen and Jefferson this week. They're close enough that you can kind of go either or, uh, you know, whatever you want to do. And the price difference doesn't make that much of a difference where that would factor in for me. Um, right under Thielen, we have Calvin Ridley at 7,200. Um, they scored 40 points last week. Like if you just like were out, you know, apple picking or so whatever people do in the fall on the East Coast. Uh, it's exactly it's, what we do. Exactly. I, I, last time I was there, that's where I, that's what I did. So I just mm-hmm. figured you guys are doing that every week. Like those apple cider donuts and you're just hanging out and drinking your coffee. It's perfect. Calvin Ridley, if you looked at the bot, the score, you're like, oh my God, the Falcons scored over 40 points on the Raiders. Calvin Ridley must have gone nuts. Six of 50, he had a touchdown, nine targets, but it's a little bit disappointing when you consider how many points the Falcons scored. Um, nine targets each of the last past two weeks. He was five for 90 against uh, New Orleans in the same matchup two weeks ago. Good game script. They're a three point home, home dog indoors at home. Um, Julio Jones uh, was kind of at practice on Thursday, played a little bit, was limited, but was a back in the scene. So I think he might play. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling Ridley this week, but I, I feel like it's more like a feel than it is anything else. I am like really, really close to never playing a Falcon again. I, I think that's a pretty smart way to live your life. And, and I might just not play anybody playing them as well. Like the number of times I've gotten killed by either playing Julio or Brian Hill or Hayden Hurst or Matt Ryan or Brian, anyone playing Brian against them. Hill. Oh, yeah. I just... Uh, I just think it might, just for my own, like, personal well-being, I think it just, I'll just never have to do it again. And so, um, as long as Calvin Ridley plays for the Falcons, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I have to play him. And you joke about it, obviously, but they're they're just a really inconsistent franchise. Mm. Like, you just don't know what they're going to do on offense or defense week by week. And it, it's, Matt Ryan either throws for zero touchdowns or four. Like, it, there is no rhyme or reason a lot of their stuff. And... I mean, you joke as a point, but like it, they're really inconsistent. Like in a in a DFS setup, it's hard to predict what they do every week. I, I get that. I mean, Julio's sixty six hundred. Like you see that price on Julio, and you're like, if he plays his last four full games, eight for one thirty seven, two touchdowns, eight for ninety seven, seven for one thirty seven, and five fifty four in a touchdown. Like when he plays, he's the guy that's really damn good. Like I think I'd, I I might drop down to him at sixteen hundred if he plays, with the thought that when he plays, he's great. But like I just I worry about him getting hurt then too. Like I just. I can't figure this team out. I think maybe maybe your idea might be the best one. If you told me like his those four best games were over the last three seasons, then I'd believe you. <laughs> I, I just I, prom- I promise you I didn't make up the game log. I uh, no, I, I believe the games happened. I'm just not sure they all happened this season. Um, it no, seems I just, like you turn on the game and Julio's limping to the sideline like at every point. Even, even even in those games, you're like, oh, 11's in the blue tent. Like you just it's bad for your blood. I guess if you do it, you play them. Just don't watch the game. Well, it also they also seem to happen after a great play. Like he'll get like a thirty-five yard catch, and you're just like, "Here we go!" And then he gets up a little gimpy, and you're like, "Ah, again." No, I'm glad that Julio Jones and Noah Fant are now in the same bucket. Oh, no, I just um, Noah Fant's the king of the thirty-yard play, then straight to the blue tent. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to play him. I think there are plenty of receivers even below them that you can play. Like I just uh, Ridley and Julio. I think are always worth like a GPP um, stack. Although coming back with somebody from New Orleans feels awful at this point. But like with with the Vikings guys priced around there, Allen Robinson, uh, you know, you can 
question Trubisky all you want, but like Allen Robinson himself is an elite player. Um, they're just, they're way more guys that I would just rather play than having to put myself through the Falcons. I do want to talk about Allen Robinson that you mentioned him, but uh, coming back in this game, do you, can you even think about Michael Thomas at 7,000 right now? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. He had, the, he had a good first game with Hill against Atlanta, but I, I think there's just too much in this offense to, to, to figure out that uh, Michael Thomas has topped 51 yards once this season. Yeah. He was hurt a long time, but still like, but still, yeah. Yeah. If you took him in the first round of a league, that has not worked out well. Well, like there, I, there are other quarterbacks that I feel like you'd be okay. Like if Colt McCoy was starting, You'd be like, eh, maybe Jameis yeah. certainly would play him. For sure. Yeah. But like, I'd, I'd be Thomas 7,000 with Jameis. I'd sign up right now. Yeah. But like they've, we have like literally the one quarterback where you're just like, eh, no, I have no interest. You know, when, when you have a tight end throwing in passes, it's a problem. <laughs> Sorry, FanDuel. Um, Allen Robinson or anybody that was upset about that. I didn't mean to joke and open that wound. Um, Allen Robinson against Detroit. Allen Robinson has double-digit uh, DraftKings PPR points in every game but one this season. Uh, really consistent, a great floor guy. Uh, targets last last two weeks, 9, 9, and 13. He's been under 50 yards twice all year. Granted, he doesn't have a lot of huge games, but he doesn't have a lot of stinker games either. Good matchup, though. Detroit's bottom seven in fantasy points to wide receiver ones. Uh, Will Fuller went bonkers against them. He was, he was roided up last week, went 6 for 171 and two touchdowns. <laughs> Sorry, Will. Uh, DJ, DJ Moore was 7 for 127 the week before. McLaurin had 95 yards before that. Like, they are giving up big chunks and big yards to receivers. Um, 6,700 and 6,900 on, on FanDuel, too. I love Allen Robinson on both sides this week. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we can play him instead of Ridley or Jones. There you go. I, it's, a, it's a good point. I, I see the upside of those two guys, too. But it's a, I mean, Allen Robinson is a way more consistent player right now. Uh we skipped over Tyler Lockett. I assume we just can't play him at 7,400 right now. But if you're ever going to do it, a week where James Bradbury's playing Metcalf and the Giants have been beatable in the slot in the middle of the field, I just I wish he was a little cheaper off these bad games. It, since the 200-yard game, he's topped five, five catches once, and he's topped 70 yards zero times. Like, it's just – he went 15 for 203 touchdowns, and it's just been dead quiet for a month. It's, it's weird. Lockett's the player that you play every week and just hope that the week he hits – that you're not bankrupt before – he hits that's, but he makes uh, a great a, gbp play i mean yeah absolutely he's a really good player with a great quarterback but the way they're running the offense right now i just i don't think i could do it at the price i was hoping he was gonna be under seven thousand. maybe i would get suckered into him but i just don't think it's gonna happen yeah um i want to drop down to a little bit cheaper is there anybody else in the six thousands that you uh that you want to play this week the size of guys we talked about um i assume some people will try to play like Devonte parker you can we kind of casually mentioned him earlier but oh i do i do have him. i saw i had him in the next tier but yeah you're right oh, all right yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, go with him. Um, I mean, he just is significantly better with um, Fitzpatrick. So, yes. like, if Tua starts, I just have zero interest in him. Yeah, he has a big chunk of Miami's targets. Like, when they do throw the ball, he's clearly the guy. Preston Williams is on IR. Uh, the Bengals have allowed 75 yards to eight receivers in the last eight games. So, like, a lot of guys have been eating in Cincinnati. The game script's a little concerning. Like, if they get up in the second half against uh, Brandon Allen, they may just run the ball. But... It's not like their rushing offense is one that you can like lean on. So it's uh, I, yeah. I think the Parker's uh, Parker's a fine play, sixty four hundred. But under six thousand, got a couple guys right in the, the high fives. I think interesting. Robert Woods again is fifty nine hundred uh, against Arizona. His targets he has twenty seven targets the last two games. He's got nineteen catches, two hundred ten yards, and a touchdown. Like he's just 
you talk about a floor play for under 6,000, that's Robert Woods. Like, he's just really solid. You're probably not going to get a huge explosion games, but, like, he was really good against Arizona last year with Patrick Peterson playing. He was 13 for 172 and 7 for 67 and a touchdown last year. Um, I think he's a really good play under 6,000. I have He's one of my stronger guys under 6K. I agree. He he definitely jumps out. Um... Like, I take him over Cooper Cup, who's $200 more, because Cooper Cup, you might get 2 for 30, or you might get 14 for one. Like, I just... He's so all over the place. It's it's wild. I mean, Arizona's been killed by slot guys, so there is that. Cole Beasley, Tyler Lockett, that huge game. Uh, Jamison Crowder had 116 yards against them. But I just think I go the way they run their offense. I think I just go Woods and save the 200 bucks, and I think it's a better play. Yeah, I, th- I think that's. I always end up like I think Robert Woods is just a better football player. Yeah, the same too. price. He gets the sporadic rushing attempts. He doesn't get quite as many as he was getting before. But like they obviously like the ball in his hands, and Cup is fully reliant on Jared Goff getting him the ball. So. At, uh, at 6,200, how about a guy in the highest scoring uh, projected total? Eight for 143 and a touchdown last week. Big numbers. Uh, the clear number one on their team. Uh, no wind, uh, supposedly, this week in Cleveland. Nice game script, five and a half point underdogs. I present to you Mr. Jarvis Landry. Um, <laughs> so, like, we put Landry in that group with Devontae Parker and Brandon Cooks of, like, guys who have like really, really stable floors, but like never really hit their ceilings. And then obviously Landry shattered that last week. Yep. Um, so, I mean. His price went up a thousand though. Yeah. I think like he obviously makes plenty of sense. Um, I just, I just always don't want to play Jarvis Landry. As simple as that. How about that? I, Understood. And I, I priced up at 6,200. I think there's just other guys that I would like go to for. And do you really want to play Jarvis Seal, Jarvis Jarvis Ceiling, Jarvis Landry after he hit his ceiling? Like right. I just, it's it's hard to go back to that. If you missed it, if you played it last week, props to you. If you didn't, it, it's hard to go back to it. It's funny. I was gonna say like if you really love Nick Chubb this week, it's you're not gonna play both of them. Although both of them crushed last week, so I don't know. I, I, just, I have nightmares that Mayfield's gonna miss him by 14 feet open in the end zone. I'm just like that'll that'll make my stomach hurt. So right. I probably won't go there. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Cooks, 5600, still not still priced in a great spot. Obviously his price came out before the Will Fuller news, so he went from wide receiver two to wide receiver one. So do you play this as like, oh, he's got more volume? I love him, or do you a little bit worried that like maybe more attention gets played to Cook without Fuller out there? Um, I mean, he's had 10 targets in the last two games combined, which is uh, kind of a bummer. After a really good run of targets, too. Yeah, so, like, I think there's some hesitation. You can have some hesitation there. The Colts, I thought, were a good defensive team until last week. Um, But uh, I think Cooks is fine. Like, I'll say it, like, every week about him, particularly in this price range. Like, I don't think there's any reason for him to be more expensive. This whole, like, well, he's the number one now. It's like, let's at least actually see some number one targets first. Um, I don't know. I think he's fine. Do you think Cooks will be under-owned this week because everybody in the world is going to be playing the wide receiver two for the Texans? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he's going to be that low. I just wondered, you know, like Kiki Kuti will get to his 3,500 yeah. and now the wide receiver two with with not only Fuller, but Randall Cobb is on IR too. Like I think a lot of people are going to play Kuti and I just wonder if nobody's going to play both these receivers. I wouldn't think, but unless right. you stack them with Watson, maybe you really go all in on this game, but Against Indy, you're probably not going to play both Houston receivers. I just wonder if Cooks maybe uh, slides in a little lower than we think just because of Kuti's ownership. No, I just don't think he was he's like projected all that well anyway, Cooks. Okay. Like, I think that there's legitimate concern that like Watson is not as good without Fuller. And so 
Um, if you're just getting a bigger piece of a smaller pie, then is that worth targeting? I mean, you're not Fair paying enough. that much anyway, but still. So dropping down a little bit here, there's still a lot of receivers I like. Um, if DJ Chark plays, you've got a game that uh, we like Minnesota to score a lot of points against Jacksonville. He returned to practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. Um, could be a nice run back in this game if you want to get something on the other side of this. Um, my thought on this game, though, is like if, I think I'd be more interested in some of the cheaper guys if Chark doesn't play than I would have with Chark at 5,400. I think it was the kind of way I, I laid it out strategically. But he has 25 targets the last three games. He's kind of the guy when he plays. Um, only over 60 yards once in the last six games, but that was a big blow-up game. He had seven for 146. Uh, good game script. I just think that at 5,400, I'd probably like other guys more. And then I, what I want to do is chart not to play and then go down to the 3,000 to play some of those Jaguars. Receivers. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not that expensive, but like you're still looking at the guys in the range of like, all right, if I don't play Chark, do I play all the guys we just talked about? And you're looking at like who's throwing the passes. Yep. And you're like, do I want to take the guy catching passes from Mike Glennon or the one catching passes from Deshaun Watson or the one catching from, I, I don't want to give put Goff in the same category as Watson, but like, if you look at that, like I'm not sure how much you really want to get into this Jacksonville offense. Yeah. So we mentioned that uh, we mentioned Jarvis Landry. I've got a guy that is also in the highest scoring um, game on the uh, on the Vegas total. He's twenty five hundred dollars less than the other receiver on his team. Double double digits PPR points in eight of nine games at fifty one hundred over sixty five yards the last three games. Um, I weirdly really like Corey Davis this week at fifty one hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Jerry Donabenian wrote. Uh, Davis as like a start in his start sit uh, oh, nice. column. Right. He had an upgrade this week. Um, Davis, I don't think I've ever played Davis, and I <laughs> I don't see this the week, being the week that I start playing him. I never play Corey Davis, and this is the week, week I'm going to start playing him. I think 5100 is a really good price for a guy who has a good floor and does have some upside. And the game that uh, is the highest total on the slate, if I want a piece of this game, if I want to piece of this game, this offense, you know, it depends if I play Derrick Henry, obviously. If it's going to be a non-Henry lineup, um, I'm going to go Davis for $2,500 less than A.J. Brown every single time for sure. Um, from a talent perspective, maybe yeah. not even talent. I mean, they, they should be that different though, right? Yes, I love A.J. Brown. Probably one of my favorite players to watch. I touched out last week was insane. Right. I just think when you get when you get a similar floor, Davis might even have a better floor because A.J. Brown it has to score – and, but I mean, he can't. He's really good. I just think twenty five hundred is is a, if I'm a, if I want a piece of this game, I'm going to do it this way rather than with Brown. Just I think that uh, whatever I can do with the rest of my lineup and still get some 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 piece of this high total. Um, I think Corey Davis fifty one hundred. I think it's a really good play this week. So uh, Tannehill, Davis, Landry. Yeah, I'm not doing that, but um, <laughs> I definitely I definitely like Davis in a uh, you know if I'm stacking other games and I want a piece of this one. Okay. Um, I think Davis is the, I think Davis is the if you don't play Henry. I think Davis is the best price out of all this mix. Like I, I take him over eleven hundred uh, cheaper than Landry too. Right. Okay. That's fair. Right underneath him, we have Michael Pittman, who a couple weeks ago uh, came through for us with a touchdown. He's forty nine hundred. He's back under five thousand. He had he was two for twenty eight last week, but had nine targets. Like, thanks, Philip Rivers. Like, where are you throwing the ball? But um, Houston just on as a defense, we want to attack. We talk about running backs against them, but receivers. I mean, give one hundred thirty plus yards to a wide receiver in three of the last five. Not just one hundred, but one hundred thirty plus. Close spread, high total. This hotel is like 51 and a half. Now that's the second highest total. Um, I think if I'm going to play a Colts receiver, it's, you know, Hilton played well last week. We made fun of him, but he played well last week. Um, I think it's definitely Pittman for me at 4,900 if I'm going to play someone in this game. Uh, he's fine. Like I, yeah. getting into the Colts, um, 
the Colts offense. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, the cheapest wide receiver one on the slate. He was 3,900, I think, last week. Is he over 4,000 now? 43. I think I still go Pittman. <laughs> I think Pittman just, just You don't go anywhere. You don't, you don't need the Colts. Not when Jonathan have- Taylor's going 25 for 130. There you go. And they've got like seven tight ends they throw the ball to. Like it's, it's a frustrating offense to, to have a part of. But if I'm going to do it, um, I do like Pittman. But, uh, they didn't just, just throw to their tight ends. They give them some rush, rushing attempts too. They do. It's a weird, strange offense. But we get to get cheaper here, which is always the fun part of receivers. You know, you looked at lineups. Uh, you, look at the, you look at these winning lineups. You always see one, you know, cheap receiver. In order to get lineups in, you usually need one of these guys down here. Um, we talk a lot about Denzel Mims. You're a Jets fan. You know, he's kind of the most exciting thing in the offense right now. But we talk about him, but he's worked. Like, he's been good the last three weeks. He has 62 yards, 71 yards, and 40, 67 yards in this offense last three weeks. Like, really, this is a really good line. So he's not scored, so he hasn't, like, hit the big splash number for people. But he's still only 4,100. Eight targets each game last three weeks. I think Mims is just – and he had eight targets a game with Sam Darnold last week. He worried a little bit that maybe Darnold would go to, to Herndon and, and Crowder and kind of go back. But he went to Mims. Mims is talented. He looks good. He plays the part. Um, I just think it's a good game script. He has eight point dogs to Vegas. Vegas is not something I'm worried about at all. Again, uh, some hundred yard receivers, three in the last six games. Like, I think at 4,100, Mims is still really playable again. Uh, I'm like biased enough. I mean, three straight games, double digit fantasy points on DraftKings. So there, yeah. you can have that. Um, and, 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 and the 3,000s, each of those three games. Like, he's yeah. been, if you've used him, he's worked for what you wanted him to do. Given how much we like Rodgers, MVS at 300 more is not a, not there for you? It just seems weird that he was so uninvolved last week once Alan Lazard came back. I mean, he had zero targets last week on 56 snaps. Really? I'm zero. looking at six targets, 55 yards. Was that two weeks ago? That was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, he was 355 against Indy. Last sure. week, he played 56 snaps, had zero catches and zero targets. Like, Yeah, that's bad. Considering the first game Lazard was really, I mean, I guess Lazard played the week tour too, but I don't know. MVS is a guy that's going to either hit a big 60 yard touchdown or he's going to not be a good player. Yeah. And then on the GPP, when you like Rodgers in the game, I mean, that that can certainly work. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't trust either of them because like Lazard's like gets these like short passes and plays a lot and sees a lot of action but doesn't do much. And then <coughs> MVS got hit the big play. Excuse but me. I like I like Mims more. Um, I certainly would play Kuti over over MVS, I think, at 3,500. So it's hard for me to get them like other guys more. But, yeah, if you want to hit a big splash play, like MVS is the guy in this offense that does it. Uh, the only other guy that I'd want to discuss here is Josh Reynolds. Um, theoretically, if, um, you know, Woods and Kuti, I was Kuti, Woods and Cup uh, get a lot of, of the attention from the Arizona defense, then theoretically that opens Reynolds to go deep. But, I mean, it's six targets in that offense isn't bad, so at this yeah. price is fine. But I think he's worth at least throwing in this group. Yeah, I do too. I think he's forty two hundred this week, and you know the targets have always been there. And he he clearly is the guy when they do chuck it down the field a little bit. It, it is to him. You know, every time they you know you see Goff throw the ball deep, it is number eleven that seems to seem to be the guy that they're throwing it to. But uh, we talked about Kuti a bunch. Um, seven targets last week, only twenty seven yards. I think he's a guy that. A lot of people play because his name's been out there. His name is like picked up in fab this week in, in season-long leagues. He's the number two guy in, a, in an offense that can't run the ball, frankly. Like the, the Houston can't run the ball. They're going to throw the ball a ton. Their best players, their quarterback. Um, 3,500, I just I don't know how chalky he'll be. I imagine it's it's be pretty high. Um, good game script. They're, you know, 50, whatever, 51.5 point total. They're a small dog. Like 
it all works. It's just it's Key Kuti, and he just kind of catches short pass. He probably has a score to really work, but you know you get a bunch of targets in a, in a, with a good quarterback. It's hard to be too against as a thirty five hundred. Yeah, well, I think you laid it out pretty pretty clearly. Um, the he feels like somebody who should be three thousand, not thirty five hundred. So you, I almost feel like I'm overpaying a little bit. <laughs> he um, scored. He scored a couple weeks ago. I think that bumped up his price. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. It was a he did. Yeah, I, he stole Cooks' touchdown. It was it was really an annoying touchdown at the time because I think we both played Cooks that week. Yeah. Um, and if you told me Cobb scored in that game too, I'd believe you. Um, he did. He did. He got hurt on the play. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about Darnell Mooney? A hundred dollars less. So I had, uh, as I got down here, whenever I see a receiver down here that's going to be popular, I always want to get someone different. And I, uh, I looked at Reynolds. I looked at Mims. Um, the Jacksonville guys will cover in one second. But Mooney is the guy that I also had bowled here. That was a good call. I like that. Nine targets last week. Mm-hmm. He's only three for 34. Mitch Trubisky will, will do that to you. But <laughs> I think he's a guy who had five-plus targets in eight of the last nine weeks. Um, he had that one really bad game two weeks ago. He only had two targets. But 11 and nine sandwiched between that. Played a, he plays a ton of snaps. He's going to be in there. Um, hasn't had 70 yards, but like, I like to use him on some deep shots. Uh, I like the targets. I like the price. I like the matchup against Detroit. Um, I think he's a really interesting way to me a little bit different, get away from QT at the same price. Great. Love it. I like it too. If DJ Chark does not play, <laughs> we got three guys down here. And like, this is a game where Minnesota is going to score. Jackson's going to have to throw the ball a lot. Mike Glennon looked fairly serviceable last week. If that's the biggest compliment I can pay him. Keelan Cole's 3,800. LaVisca Chenault's 3,600. Colin Johnson, who had a big game last week, is 3,300. He was four for 96 on eight targets. He had 13 targets all year, and then he had eight last week. Um, it's hard. I wish there was just one guy down here that you could play, like if Chark doesn't play, like who's the one guy? Is there anybody in this mix? I think for me, it'd probably be Keelan Cole at 3,800 just because he seems a little more involved consistently than the other guys. But, you know, Chenault's a talented rookie, and maybe he gets a couple, you know, end-around kind of things, and Johnson was good last week. Uh, do you touch this if Chark doesn't play? Did you play Cole last week? I did. You did, right? All right. Um, Thirty six hundred, and uh, he was well, he's three for forty four. Like it wasn't good, but you know, put up seven job. and a half points for me, and you know, on a lineup that that worked out really well. He was a he was a piece that made the Mahomes yeah. and Tyreek Hill fit, which obviously was massively important. Last that week. helped. Yeah. Um, Colin Johnson uh, is just like the latest example of a wide receiver down on the depth chart who picks up when they change quarterbacks because yep. that's a good point. Glennon would be throwing to him in practice because they're both playing on the, on the, uh, backup squad. So, uh, he makes sense. Like I, similar to the Titans, like how many points do you think Jacksonville actually has to be down before they give up on James Robinson? A lot. And it's gotta be like midway through the third quarter. Like right. They don't do it. They don't do it early at all, but it's gotta be, you know, you're looking at, you know, 28 to six with seven minutes left in the third quarter, maybe they'll, they'll fully give up on it. But I yeah. think it has to be that extreme. I think just the, for how much volume we see Robinson get in this offense, that like trying to pick out one cheap wide receiver on a team with, I mean, they're just names to me at this point. Um, yeah. Particularly if Chark doesn't play, like, I guess you could, I mean, they're all kind of equally whatever. And so, it all just <clears throat> makes me want to consider Robinson even more. Like, that's how I look at it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think if there was, if it was like I said, there's one guy to be more interested, but like picking between three guys is really hard. And we've got like four guys down here that we mentioned under 4,200 that we like. So it's not like I'm, you know, really begging for guys down here. So I just don't think I'll do it just because there's other options that I, I think I like more. Right. All of them being cheap almost makes it 
impossible. Like if yeah. <clears throat> if Chark was six thousand and Chenault was five thousand and Cole was four thousand, and then we got the one three thousand, we're like, okay, I'm gonna go with that guy. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, I'm good. I like I like your Darnell Mooney call a lot. He's like he's very good. He's the clear example of like what happens when you have a horrible quarterback. Yeah, it's no doubt Trubisky's bad, but Trubisky could chuck it a little bit too. I like that. Yeah, I think that's, he'll, that's definitely I think he'll the plus. chuck it and make mistakes more than Foles will, which I do like as a uh, the Jameis Winston model. I think exactly, exactly. Uh, tight end this week, we've got uh, we have no obviously no George Kittle. We have no Travis Kelsey on the slate. They play on Sunday night. Darren Waller is the top guy at sixty one hundred. Um, we got a couple of guys bolded at tight end, but it's just uh, same on tight end. has just been rough this year. It's been we have not had like those guys that emerge, and you know Kelsey's been awesome. Um, you know, kind of every week been really good. Kill Kittle got hurt, but like Darren Waller is over fifty yards once in the last seven games. Like kind of disappointing there. Like he's the guy in this offense, but you know he's four for twenty three last week against Atlanta when everybody liked him and everybody wanted to play him. A lot of targets, but it's hard for me to get to sixty one hundred on Waller right now. I just don't. From a cash point perspective, I just don't see how you ever play Waller. Um, like how do you play Waller over Robert Woods? Over anybody. Like, I just, <laughs> just. I just, I cherry picked a name, but like, we talked about what five guys in that range. Like, I'd play all of them over Waller. And Waller's great for a tight end, but like in DraftKings, like, they're the same price. You're going to have to, it's just, it's, you only get a certain amount of money. You might, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> use it on the receiver. Right. For a tight end is, is the key. Like, just because a guy is the best player at his position, at least on this slate, doesn't mean he's a good play. And so... People get sucked in on season long, like Darren Waller's an obvious play every week, and it's just not the same when you have to build a lineup with salary cap. It's just it's just a different game. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Uh, and it forces you, obviously, because of the salary, to like play a Jacksonville third wide receiver in order to get Darren <laughs> Waller. And so um, they're all... Like, I think you can make reasonable arguments for Evan Ingram, but like at 4,900, how much am I really getting over Mike Gusecki at 42, Goddard at 43. Uh, we could have Ertz back. Uh, I would be perfectly fine with Tanyan again at 37. Um, like I just, these are all just guys that are in their, their outcomes are all probably within five points of each other. And if you don't have the one who finishes with with nine and you have the one that finishes with four, it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Um, TJ Hawkins has been pretty good the last couple of games. Uh, he had five for 89 on Thanksgiving. He's 5,000, though. I think I still just save the money and go down to other guys you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> looking at the UF collective uh, pro- ownership projections, Waller is the second highest, which, like, these are definitely more GPP-driven. So, like, I get, I guess I get playing it. Um, who do you think the top one is? Dallas Goddard. Uh, no, Goddard is, I don't even see where Goddard is. Wow. But the top one is 2,900 on draft. Oh, I was going to say Goddard or Kyle Rudolph at 3,400. Who's 2,900? Jordan Aikens. Dude, he was so bad on Thanksgiving. He killed me. He, like dropped dropped two touchdowns. Like that was so frustrating. I liked Aikens at twenty hundred on Thanksgiving too. And like, I think I think you mean he had two targets yeah. close to the end zone. He dropped two touchdowns. Is how I see it. <laughs> the Demarcus uh, Robinson problem. Oh god. Um, there are yeah. I don't. I guess without Fuller, like yeah. maybe he gets more piece of the offense. And Aikens is athletic. Like he he looks the part. Yeah. Um, 
I have three guys that I'm probably going to be playing. I've gathered at 4,300. Um, really good last couple weeks, over 70 yards in each game and a touchdown. Uh, Tunyon at 3,700, you mentioned. Um, you know, five catches these last two games. Um, nice bounce back after a quiet couple of games. And, you know, he's with Rodgers and a good offense, and they use him in the red zone, and they like to throw touchdowns. And then my third guy is Kyle Rudolph at 3,400. Like, he's priced up from last week. But uh, Irv Smith did not practice the last two weeks or last two days. And if he didn't – if he doesn't play – Rudolph was seven for 68 on eight targets last week at a really good price. He actually worked really well. I played him last week at 2,800. Um, if Smith doesn't play and I want to get cheaper than Tanya or Goddard, I'd probably go to Rudolph. Um, but yeah, Aikens uh, without Fuller, I can I can see that too. I'm a little surprised he's the highest guy, but uh, yeah, it see seems too. a little silly to me. But um, I mean, the Rudolph game last week was not because of Irv Smith being out. Like that was because Thielen was out and Thielen is back. Yeah, so it, like, it's a good point. Smith, Smith, it, it, the red zone targets obviously go away, but yeah. No Smith and no Thielen was obviously it's, – it's a really good point. But um, I'd probably go, uh, yeah, Tanyan, Goddard, Rudolph with the three that I'm really considering though. It's uh, Hunter Henry was good last week. Your, your boy, 10 targets, seven, 67 yards. First time over 50 yards since week three. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't I see the reason to prioritize. I didn't, I didn't debacle this year. It's bad. Yeah, like I just think um, similar to defense where like – I don't think it's a position worth prioritizing where if you are trying to get, if you're in a a 2v2 with other players and the better player in your non-tight end one, like if you need $300 to go from one wide receiver to another and you're like, oh, now I I can't play Gusecki, I'll have to play uh, whoever, Jared Cook. Well, Cook's actually horrible. Jimmy Graham I'll even throw in. Like I don't don't think it matters anymore. Yeah. So defense is a sore subject with me right now. I had a really good lineup last week. I think we talked – DraftKings, my mind was like 195. I played yeah. Mahomes and Hill. We talked about them a lot on the podcast last week. I had a zero on my from defense. And as I compared lineups and like clicked on the teams that did well, everybody had the Saints with 14 points, the, the Panthers with like Jeremy Chin scored twice in like 35 seconds or whatever yeah. it was. It was insane. The guy that won the – I think he won the red zone had 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 the Carolina defense. And I was like, you need to buy a Jeremy Chin jersey. Like, he was, it was 0.32% or something like that against the Vikings. It was crazy. Um, but I had a zero, and, like, it really mattered. Like, you give me 12 points for my defense, and I would have had a really, really big week. Like, it would have been really good. I'm not winning tournaments, but, like, would have been a significant difference over what I won with 195, which is a really good score. Um, but you, you throw that in, like, the low 200s, and suddenly you move way up the leaderboards, and the Cleveland defense was an absolute disaster. They had zero points. They were terrible against Jacksonville. Uh, Miles Garrett didn't play, but the week before, they had, like, 14 sacks or whatever against yeah. Philly. Like, <laughs> maybe that's Philly's offensive line. Like I may just miss that. But so we always say that, you know, you it's hard to predict defense, but yeah, it, it, it's frustrating when it matters and you're on the wrong end of it for sure. Um, who do you like in the defense this week? I didn't see a lot of super cheap guys or super cheap teams, but there was one under 4,000. That's my favorite play, but I want to want to hear what you got on defense this week. So there was a conversation in the uh, Rotowire discord last week that when all of like the, ridiculousness with the uh, Broncos quarterbacks. Everyone's like, well, you have to play the Saints defense. And somebody was like, if you play the Saints defense, like you're completely relying on the Broncos not scoring any points because if they don't have a quarterback, they're not throwing the ball that much. Even if they get behind, like you you just can't expect a a lot of throws. And throwing is where defenses score points. Like that's where Mm -hmm. you can get interceptions, where quarterbacks drop back and there's a little more time to get to either sack them or force fumbles. Like, that's where you get points. Um, so the Saints last week had one sack and three turnovers. And we're like, oh, it's not that bad. Um, but they left three points. And like we always talk about like you points allowed really shouldn't be a consideration. 
uh, for defense because like it's just not enough points. But that's only because so few teams score under 10 points. Um, the Saints defense has given up three, 13, nine, and three points in their last four games. That's wild. That's, like, that's impressive. Like they're not, they had eight sacks against Atlanta, who they played this week, uh, two weeks ago, where they gave up nine points. But like they're scoring double digit fantasy points with like maybe two, three turnovers, maybe two or three sacks. But like if you don't, if you're not giving up that few number of points, then it makes sense. I still don't think they're a good play though. Like <laughs> 3,600, like it's an incredible run of like not allowing a lot of points that it is that Matt Ryan has never let us down. Um, so like, I think they'll, they'll bounce back, but, um, like, I think there was no defense. I thought like I went right to the bottom and I'm like, who can I get away with? And I don't see myself changing from that. And the one that I think I'm going to try to get away with is the jets at 2,100 at home against the Raiders. And it's not like Derek Carr makes a lot of mistakes. They're not going to throw that much, but like maybe Josh Jacobs doesn't play and they throw a little bit more. And the Jets aren't as horrific as I think, or just something stupid happens and they lose by 30, but they get a defensive touchdown and it's okay. Seven sacks the last two weeks. Yeah. Coming on, coming on a little bit. You're going to go super, super cheap. You gave me a bunch of sacks. I think that, uh, that could be, I mean, they have eight and five fantasy points last couple of weeks. So that's, that, that could be workable. Um, I really like the Packers this week. 3,800 on DraftKings, 4,100 on FanDuel. They're one of the, they're like down a little bit. FanDuel like just stacks the defense as 5,400. Yeah. Like there's, there's like, they're like the, seventh or eighth on, on Fandle. Hmm. So I do like that. The Eagles offensive line is just an absolute disaster. Yeah. We always talk about like, oh, 11 sacks last two weeks. Are we the year had to cherry pick a couple weeks? Their sacks the last seven weeks. Six, five, three, four, three, six, five. Like that is an insane level of getting Carson Wentz sacked. Like it's just every week he's getting I mean, three sacks the lowest in the last seven weeks is crazy. They had three turnovers also last week against uh, – the Packers had four three turnovers last week against the Bears. They had three sacks. Carson Wentz will make a couple of really stupid plays at some point in this game, and sometimes those lead to touchdowns. It's a couple weeks ago it did for the it did for the Browns. Um, 3,800, I think they're you know not super cheap like you mentioned with the Jets, but cheap enough that uh, they are my favorite defensive player this week. So we were just saying like you want quarterbacks to make mistakes throwing the ball um, or taking sacks. So Carson Wentz leads the NFL in sacks. With 46, which is 11 more than the next highest. That's a Um, crazy number for 11 games of the season. That's wild. He leads the league with 15 interceptions. And he leads the league with 10 fumbles. (laughs) Like this is, that's the quarterback you should be targeting. It is like the exact formula that you want. Mm -hmm. You try and play defense. Playing defense is tough, but if you're going to find a formula, like that's pretty much it. And under 4,000, I just... I, give me the Packers and I'll, I'll figure out uh, the probably other. I just I think I'm just going to go there this week. And oh, by the way, they're eight and a half point underdogs. So going to be throwing a lot. <laughs> and the possibility to take Wentz out, like you put a rookie quarterback in, like I right. think I'm probably okay with that too. Like I yep. just, uh, yeah, I mean, Miami's interesting this week. They're 4,400, a little priced up, but they, uh, they, they played well against the Jets last week, three sacks and two turnovers forced. And Brandon Allen is just not good. Um, you know, since he allowed a couple sacks, he had three turnovers last week, and they had 155 yards total against the Giants. So that's a game where, you know, Miami maybe holds them to not many, many points. But I, I'm going to take $600 less on the Packers and get more mistakes and more sacks and probably just go there. Um, I agree with that. What are your thoughts on $2,500 against Trubisky? 
the Lions just drive me nuts is what I'm usually thinking. Like, I think I, I've played a- them more than any defense because I'm just like, yeah. oh, but that, sure. What, they're against Cousins or they're against Trubisky or Foles. Yeah. And like, they were against the Washington a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I like that. And they just, they just never do anything. They're really like, bad. Yeah. Yeah. They have 14 total defensive points the last four weeks. I just, what about Seattle? 3,300. This is a defense that we made fun of and ridiculed for like the, the first 10 weeks of the season. They have 19 sacks the last four weeks. They're facing Colt McCoy. They don't force turnovers, but, you know, if you get sacks, you're facing a backup quarterback, maybe that works. They're 3,300 on DraftKings. I could see that working in a game that they're going to get ahead a bunch. I just don't think the defense is still good, but they are um, – they're pressuring the quarterback. Carlos Dunlap has changed his defense a little bit. Like, he's, yeah. he's definitely uh, making making a difference, uh, getting a lot of pressures on the quarterback. But uh, if I'm going to drop down, I could see Seattle – um, the Bears are 3,200. They have uh, nine sacks. They've the Lions have allowed nine sacks the last two weeks, so you can see that working out against Matthew Stafford. But I think it's uh, I think it's Green Bay for me going back to them, and then Seattle if I drop down a little bit. Sure, they're defenses. I can't like I think we they could are. you could walk work yourself into an argument for every single one of them. Yeah, you, you, you that's definitely true. There's some expensive ones I probably wouldn't touch, but um, I think it's going to go Green Bay this week and just call it a day there. Yeah. Anything else in this week 13 slate that uh, is on your mind you want to discuss? Uh, no, I think it's a reasonable slate, unlike last week. I think I told you, like, the best decision I made last week was cutting my volume by, like, 80%. There was just, like, so many variables. And I was just like, I don't, as somebody who plays, like, mostly cash games, it was like, I don't I don't feel good about this slate. Uh, the lineup I ended up going with was, thankfully, at 20% of my normal volume. So, like... I just didn't like it, but um, this week feels a little bit better, at least. Which is obviously what's going to happen on a David Montgomery chalk week. That uh, that Tyreek Hill first quarter was a lot of fun, though. For you, for me, it was. <laughs> uh, that was a he had two hundred yards in the first quarter. I just remember, That's like, crazy. I was actually okay early on. Actually, I had I had Mahomes, um, but I once I saw Hill, especially because he was not unowned, it was like, oh, uh-oh, yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah, when you have 40 points in the first quarter from a receiver, that's, uh, it, it's going to be tough to get past that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate that. If you could please rate or view the podcast, it would be fantastic. Also, um, always good to uh, leave a bunch of stars if you enjoy listening to us all year. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. Other than that, hopefully has a hope everybody has a good week 13. We'll be back at you next Friday with, uh, with week 14. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Take care.